0: Yesterday, I told a tarot client that it was his job to be kind of a mess. He was coming out of a swords place, a very intellectual but emotionally cut off place, and he was trying to move into being more emotional, more romantic, more social. So, how did the cards tell him to do this? With the Page of Cups. And the Page of Cups is really embarrassing to be. It's the girl who gets drunk and sends texts she regrets five minutes later. It's the guy who has no chill, who is just in front of the person he likes actually saying the things he feels about her and way turning her off in the process. It's crying on the sidewalk. It's being so overwhelmed by your feelings and your love that you can't eat or sleep. But suddenly pop music is like really, really good. You have to make your heart a problem, I told him. You have to just take it out of your chest and throw it at everyone. Because the pages learn through experience. They might do the wrong things, and they usually do the wrong things, because they are so blinded by their feelings and their needs. But if you fall on your ass enough times, you will start to pick up the information about how not to fall on your ass. And if you're new to this being emotionally engaged stuff, you're not going to do a great job of it at first. You'll fall in love with the wrong people, you'll ignore boundaries, you'll humiliate yourself. But it's a process of learning. And accepting those fuck-ups is important to move you toward being a more mature, sophisticated version, rather than running away and deciding never to attempt human company ever again. I've been a tarot card reader for years now, reading for myself since I was a surly, angry teenager, and for clients in the more recent past. And mostly what I like about it is it's a way to have a conversation that moves us past the rational and into the more emotional, intuitive space. It's not about telling the future. It wasn't about telling this guy, yeah, you're definitely going to fall in love and it's going to be amazing. It's about what do I do with these feelings? What can I do to move myself into a place where something else is possible? It's not therapy. It's a really good conversation with someone who deeply cares about you and what you are going through. My guest this week gets this part of tarot, the empathy and the meaning of it beyond, will I fall in love or will I get this job? I've been a fan of Michelle T for a long time, and I'm so pleased that she too is writing about tarot. Her book is Modern Tarot, and it's nice to see fresh and interesting takes on a subject I care deeply about. So today we're going to talk to Michelle T, uh, the author of The Passionate Mistakes and Intimate Corruption of One Girl in America, Um, the graphic novel Rent Girl, her collaboration with Lauren McCubbin, uh, Black Wave, and her new book, The Modern Tarot. And we're going to talk about the tarot today because I am a tarot reader myself. And I'm I'm always so glad to speak to somebody else who's been studying this I'm thinking about it as long as I have. Um, and it seems like your book is coming out uh, in this perfect time because up until about 10 years ago, it felt like all writing about the tarot was so outdated in that sense of yes. all kings are men and all yep. <laughs> queens are women. And the decks yeah. themselves were the same way. And now there's this burst of new energy. So... Um, What made you do it now?
1: Um, I just, the opportunity just came now to me. And I think it came because of what you're talking about, that there has been a real shift um, as far as interest in tarot and interest in creating new decks that speak to our, what our world looks like today with, you know, new definitions of cards that are more accurate for, for people's lives. And I think it's, you know, out of out of that swirl, I got this wonderful opportunity. And I've always wanted to do a tarot book because I have been reading cards for 30 years. And, you know, I've got my own take on, on the deck, on different decks and different cards um, that, you know, informed by the traditional meaning of the card, but sort of t- tweaked to be appropriate for like our lives today. So I was really excited to get to think more deeply about that and um, and write about it, and then create spells also to go with all the cards. That was super fun.
0: And I think of tarot as being this particularly teenage girl thing, which I don't say, you know, as to be dismissive or condescending, but it seems like so many of the women that I know who read tarot, and it's almost entirely women for whatever reason, um, they came to it as teenagers, which it seemed like uh from your book that this happened to you too.
1: This did happen to me <laughs> <laughs> i was a I was a very witchy goth teenager who was like burning like dragon's blood in my bedroom and you know making little like doing little love spells and stuff like that um and I was reading tarot cards and so so were my friends and they it's true they were mostly girls, but they There were some boys reading tarot cards, too. It's probably worth noting that they were gay boys. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, And it does seem like it's a very um, sort of traditionally feminine art. But I don't know. It's so strange because it was definitely created by men. You can feel that in it, right? I mean, the the concepts and the definitions were created by men, even though so much of the actual artwork in the tarot cards that we use were created by women whose names aren't on the deck at all.
0: Right. Why do you think that it, that boys and men stay away from the tarot that they, it does seem to be, I do have a couple male clients who seem deeply embarrassed about the fact that they are getting tarot card readings from me.
1: I mean, I just think it's in this culture how men are supposed to just be like weird blocks of stone with like no interior life or emotional life or, or vulnerability, um, or even curiosity beyond anything besides like a math problem or if they can get laid. Like, I just feel like that's how our culture rears men. And to say that like, oh, I need help. Um, I need advice. And I'm going to go into this realm that is very intuitive and very subconscious and not very like rational or linear. I just feel like that is that's even discouraged among women but forget it if you're a man and you're supposed to just be like spock or something you're not you're just not encouraged to like look within really and that's what the tarot does is it makes you look within and it makes you connect with your intuition and and make yourself vulnerable to another person and
0: so when you say that it seems like the cards were obviously developed by men what exactly do you mean by that
1: I mean, I guess I mean they're patriarchal. So who knows if they were developed by men or women? With but they were they were definitely within this patriarchal structure that it adheres to. With kings are men and they're at the top, you know, and queens are secondary. And you know, they're and when you look at traditional tarot um, meanings, a lot of things that are sort of marked as feminine are also marked as sort of weak or deceptive. You know, like the moon is is feminine and female, and it's about like deception and wickedness even the high priestess which is such a strong card has elements of this sort of like sly sinister deceitful sort of like messages that go in with it and the male the cards that are more masculine and male like the emperor the chariot they're you know they're heroic they're strong so you know it's just it's very patriarchal and it's hard I think to um to at first glance to figure out what to do with that because we need cards that are about deception and we need cards that are about, you know, heroic deeds. And we need cards that are about nurturance. Um, The problem is that they're just kind of assigned to these male and female bodies, you know? So I think it's just like our job as like contemporary tarot readers to, to decipher that. And for me in the book, what I came to was just to honor there's a, a such thing as masculine and feminine, but to just be constantly reminding everyone that those aren't attached to our actual bodies, you know, and it's like there's masculine cards for for men and women, there's feminine cards for men and women, there's all of these cards for gender non-conforming people. I mean, anybody can embody these energies.
0: And it's so disappointing that even today there are manuals being published that. You know, you look up the king of swords and it says, this is a man air sign or whatever. So when you were sort of teaching yourself and you were coming up across these um, uh, stereotypes and, and binaries, how did you kind of develop an idea of a different way for, to interpret a king card, for example?
1: I mean, I always struggled a little bit with the court cards and that's possibly why, um, you know, when I was a teenager, a goth teenager in the eighties reading for my friends, you know, who were all like girls or gay boys, <laughs> like I just, and all of us looked exactly the same with like black eyeliner. I just didn't see those people reflected in my world. So I didn't. I didn't follow the letter of the definition, you know, and I just saw them. I I actually having a a strong interest in astrology, I sort of tended to read them as corresponding with um, astrological signs. So if a king of swords would come up, I would be like, this is a really strong, like, Gemini, Libra, or Aquarius. Mm -hmm. And that's how I would kind of work with it rather rather than the, you know, strong man or whatever. I, I also, you know, while we're talking about this, the the like white supremacist sort of part of the tarot also, where mm-hmm. when you read these cards, it's all like, this represents somebody with blue, you know, blue eyes and brown hair, you know, and it's just like, it's basically like shades of white people, <laughs> you know, all through, all through the court, like no, no people of color, like nobody outside, like, the United Kingdom, or something—I don't know. So, so there's so there's huge problems. You know, it reflects the the narrow minds of the world that was created in at that place in time. Um, but you know, it's such a beautiful tool, and and it's ours to rescue and reclaim, and make suit the world that we all inhabit together today.
0: And can you tell me about the illustrations? Because I was so pleased to see an illustration like Temperance, who's supposed to be hermaphrodite, and yet it's just an angel in everybody's um, in everybody's decks. But there uh-huh. was that uh, genderqueer element in your illustration. So, um, can you tell us about how you decided who, who, or you know, your collaborator, and how you guys decided how these were would be interpreted?
1: Sure. I um, I collaborated with Amanda Verwey, who I collaborated with previously she did all of the illustrations for the, um, the opening credits of the Valencia film. And she's an artist. She's done a lot of diary comics and I just, I love her art. I love her take on the world. I knew that she would get, you know, we'd be on the same page as far as what I wanted. Um, I mean, I was working with the rider weight deck, which I wanted to do because it was the first deck I ever worked on. And I think the majority of decks out there are interpretations of it. So I, I think it's good to start with, but at the same time, as I'm struggling with all of these limitations that the deck has, I didn't really want to be reproducing those images. So it was really fun to work with Amanda. And I mean, I didn't even give very much direction cause she just gets it. She's super smart. Um, I just was like, you know, different body types, different genders, you know, different races and ethnicities, like just mess, you know, mess with the original drawings, um, to make it be more reflective of your world. Um, and that's what she did. And they're beautiful. I love her style. I wish so much or hope so much that it will, it will become its own deck. Um, there's no plans for that at the moment, but you know, there's no reason why that couldn't happen at some point.
0: Yeah. Um, I've been collaborating on a deck with an artist friend of mine. It's so actually easy that's to so do. Great. Yeah. I think you yeah. should just do it. Just kickstart it or what, you know, one of the less terrible ones. Um, <laughs> the tarot is huge on Kickstarter. You should just do it. It
1: is. It is. I'm waiting for my my Christy Road deck that uh-huh. I um donated to on her Kickstarter page for her deck um the Next World Tarot and it is what we're talking about. It's like the 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 backdrop of the world is like this post-apocalyptic world where everything's really gritty and punk and kind of broken and destroyed, but rising up out of the, that landscape are these like joyful, beautiful like queer people of color of all body types and gender expressions. And it's just a wonderful, wonderful deck.
0: And what I liked about modern tarot is that I always liked your writing and sister spit in general. Back when I was 20 years old, I used to go to the sister spit shows in Austin, Texas. Um, Oh my God. Yeah. They mean So so much to me. Um, But the book in some way reflects that same energy because it feels like with the anecdotes and the stories and the sort of real life versions of the cards, it's that same thing of people telling truth about their lives. And not Mm -hmm. always people who are necessarily invited to tell those stories. Um, And it just felt...
1: People who are crashing the storytelling party. Yes. (laughs) Their own stories. (laughs) And
0: and without being that sort of Instagram-ready woo-woo-ness. Right. Yeah. So was it easy to write the book? I mean, after 30 years of studying the tarot, it must have been sort of just something you were ready to say anyway.
1: For sure. For sure it was. But, you know, the cards are so deep and you can overthink them. You know, I I often think that, you know, when reading cards, especially reading cards for other people or for strangers, which I have a lot in my life that like the biggest risk I think is overthinking things. It's like, you've got to just like grab with your gut What, what you think the core of that card is. And somebody could disagree, you know, somebody could, could kind of like, you know, kind of look at like a different sort of aspect of the card and, and really stress that aspect. So I had to just really not overthink it and just go with my gut instinct of what the card means to me and elaborate on it. And initially I was going to have every, every entry also have like a personal anecdote, but I found with 78 cards, (laughs) 78 personal anecdotes, you know, after all also having written so much about my life already, I just found that sometimes I was forcing it a little bit. So I lightened up and, and I didn't force it if it, if it wasn't there, but you know, there are a lot of, of personal anecdotes in there, which I always love writing. And hopefully it's just, again, like does the trick of making these cards more grounded in our daily life, you know? So it's like the chariot isn't, you know, the chariot of war where you're going off to to battle in ancient Greece. You know, it's like, what does a chariot of war look like for somebody today? You know, in the United States, you know, could look like a few different things, but they try to just kind of bring it more down to earth.
0: And when you were learning at the beginning, what yeah. was your, I guess, were there books that you used? Did you just sort of start reading? What exactly was the, the process?
1: Um, I, I learned mostly by reading, you know, um, and I was really fortunate that, again, when I was a teenager, I would run all these, I, all my friends were also interested in tarot. Um, my best friend at the time, Peter Pizzi, is a great tarot reader. Um, actually very much more intuitive than me, like borderline psychic. And so he can, he can do things that I can't with the tarot, but we would read each other's cards all the time. And we would learn by both, you know, reading for each other and then also having your cards read, you learn a lot. And we would always, we would go to like psychic fairs in Boston and in Salem when we could, we grew up in, I grew up in Massachusetts. So it was really by practice. I would read for my family. Um, gosh, I remember my first like um, one of my first jobs out of high school, it was like this really boring job where I would just sit at a desk with nothing to do for part of every day. And I would just read tarot cards. I would just put, I would just put spreads together and read to no one just to get the hang of the spreads and get the hang of how the cards could interact with each other. So I did read books for sure, and I still do. Um, but I really think there's no, there's no stand in for getting in there with the cards and reading for yourself reading for your friends and family or just doing like practice spreads for no one just to acquaint yourself with the deck.
0: Are you able to get enough sort of emotional distance in order to read for yourself?
1: Um, Sometimes I can, and sometimes I can't. It depends on what's going on. And I've learned a lot, you know, through my life with the tarot of when is a good idea for me to read for myself and when it's not a good idea for me to read to myself. Um, A lot of people, will come to the tarot with the question, like, am I going to be okay? You know, and it's a horrible question to ask the tarot. It's like, you're bound to just get the tower card. Um, The tarot just can't answer a question like that. It's like, of course you're going to be okay. And also terrible things are going to happen, you know? So I like to, um, I don't know. I, I went through a really difficult breakup many years ago and I found myself reading tarot every night, basically asking that question because I was so heartbroken. And of course I was just getting, you know, more heartbroken (laughs) cards, you know, because it was going to be a little bit of a minute for me to get through that. And I just ended up putting them down. I had to put them down for a while um, because I wanted a specific answer. I think when you want a specific answer from the tarot, you can be in a little bit of trouble, Mm -hmm. um, especially if you're reading your own cards. So, so yeah, I like to, I like to read cards for myself when I'm truly torn between different directions. If I, if I have like, you know, three creative ideas and I don't know which one to focus on, I'll do that. Um, if I'm wondering if I should go on this, this particular trip or not, I'll read, I'll read, I'll pick cards on it. I pick cards a lot to help me through um, moments of uh, creative blocks, like in within, within a work. Like I can be writing and be like, Oh, should I go there or there? And I'll pick a card on it as I'm writing. And, And that's helpful to me. And then I'll do overall readings where it's just like a general check-in, like where am I at, what's going on, what's up for me right now. But I won't, you know, I I had a project that I was waiting to see if it was going to happen or not. And um, my aunt wanted me, wanted to pick a card for me on it. And I was like, oh, I I just don't want to know. Like, Mm -hmm. what do I do differently as a result of this reading? I think that's a really cool question to ask yourself like are you going to change your behavior based on what the tarot says if you know you're not you know I'm going to pursue this project regardless of what the card says then I'm not going to pick a card because it's just going to bum me out if I get a bad one
0: right yes it's a very sort of um grown-up approach that I always adhere to and I don't do any late night drunk um tarot card (laughs) readings for myself
1: ever oh man ever when um, you're crying and reading the tarot cards at the same time, it's probably a bad idea.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're just going to get
1: the devil. That's
0: that's the only yeah. thing that's <laughs> even capable of happening. Um, yeah. So you said in your book that you can't read for skeptics, that the cards uh-huh. just sort of immediately become confused.
1: That's been my experience. Um, I wrote about one incident where I, I laid the cards out and they just didn't tell the stories that they normally tell. Like they seem to not cohere. And... I was really perplexed and I gave the woman her money back and she was sort of like smugly triumphant and was like, I, I knew this was bullshit. And I was like, Oh, that's so weird. And I just was like, was that why I couldn't get a good reading, you know? And another time right around then I was asked to read, to be sort of like the entertainment at a Halloween party at a tech company <laughs> and, <laughs> and read tarot cards. And so all of these people were just dudes, you know, all these dudes were sort of shuffling up with bad attitudes being like, you know, prove it to me. And like, I gave them terrible readings, you know, it's like they it just, it was off. It just didn't, I found that it didn't work. And, you know, other people might have totally different relationships to those scenarios. But for me, it's really an exchange of energy between me and the person who I'm working with. And if they're not, you know, if they're not really bought into what we're doing, it's not going to work.
0: Yeah. I find this sort of, the, the skeptic, that um, that very sort of mosquito-annoying person, I had somebody come up to me uh, at a reading and say, I, I would have thought better of you, that you wouldn't be so gullible as to believe in the tarot as if the tarot is a belief system, <laughs> like it's Scientology right. or something. Totally. Um, how do you explain it? Do you explain it as just an intuitive state? Do you explain it as a conversation, a th- Something therapeutic or do you just tell those people to fuck off?
1: You know, I try not to get into it with people who just don't believe in tarot. Like I don't care if people don't believe in tarot. I truly don't. Um, you know, everyone's welcome to their opinions about things. But I don't want to get into a debate about it. It's like I have learned from experience that it works. I don't understand how it works. I don't I don't feel the need to understand how everything works. You know, I mean, there's a lot of things we don't understand how it works, you know? And that's fine. It doesn't stop it from working. So I think that it is some sort of exchange of energy. Um, I think that there's something about the intention that's being laid into the tarot that, that causes it to sort of operate. Um, I've given tarot readings or used, done sort of divination with other things besides tarot cards. Um, you know, I've done divination with books. I've done readings with Uno cards instead of tarot cards. And it works because Um, well, you, are kind of laying out what, what the rules are, right? So if you're reading with Uno cards, you're like, okay, yellow is going to be swords or whatever. Threes are, all the threes have, you know, shared properties kind of based on the Kabbalah. That's how I have studied tarot. So you can do these things and it's like the intention that you put out there is what makes it happen. And that's what makes magic happen. And for all we know, that's what makes all of our life happen, you know, is our intentions. So, I'm fine with it being a little bit mysterious. Um, although sometimes I have to be honest if I'm giving a tarot reading and I see that somebody is going to make a really significant life change based on what I told them, I get a little panicked because <laughs> I'm like, what if we're just playing a game here, you know? And you're going to leave your husband, like I don't know. But um but I do believe in it and I have made I have made big decisions myself based on the tarot, so I do believe in it.
0: Yeah, my father became very concerned that I needed to get some sort of liability insurance just in case somebody got divorced based on a tarot card reading with me and then tried to sue me for damages or something. Oh, my God.
1: Can you imagine? (laughs) I just did an online reading yesterday. I was on Facebook Live picking cards for people, and someone wanted to know if she should get rid of this girl that keeps coming back into her life. And I was like, what do you mean by get rid of? Like, what am I advising (laughs) here? Like, nothing criminal, okay? Like, yeah, maybe you shouldn't interact with her anymore more but like don't hire a hitman okay <laughs> let it be known <laughs> i did not condone this
0: um and is there a specific card that you feel a deep affinity with
1: um i yeah i mean i feel a really deep affinity to the star card and it's because i'm an aquarius and i i i relate to the energy of that card this idea that you're taking your sort of um in a sort of inspirational burst that you get from elsewhere from the ether and you're trying to bring it down and ground it on terra firma. Like I, I really relate to that. Um, so that's my probably that's my favorite card. Um, and when that comes up for me, I do feel like I have a personal connection to it, where it's also telling me that like, I'm in my element, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And I look for that when I read for other people, you know, I, I like knowing what people's astrological signs are because sometimes a card will come up that corresponds to that and I think it carries a deeper meaning
0: Mm -hmm. you know
1: so so yeah but you know I like all the happy cards that tell me the good things are going to happen (laughs) just (laughs) like everybody (laughs) just like everybody (laughs) my friend Peter who's a tarot reader calls those coupons he's like oh you got a coupon um
0: yeah and the other thing that I like so much about the book is it it doesn't have that um that that self-empowerment tinge that so much new age reading material has these days like I feel like every time I'm going through a Saturn transit my horoscope is saying about how Saturn is about finding my awesome you know my awesomeness and I feel like I can't breathe and it hurt and it hurts to stand up. God
1: Saturn is not about finding your awesome. (laughs) Saturn is about Saturn's like the opposite. Like Saturn's about like finding like where you hoped you'd be awesome, but guess what? You're never going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't believe, you know, I'm, I'm so torn about that kind of stuff because I can be, I, you know, it's just my nature to be optimistic and to like look for the silver lining and shit like that. And, and I do believe that like, you know, positive attitudes. I've seen positive attitudes um, and like trying to manifest positivity work for me in my life, but you can't get away from the fact that like, the majority of life is suffering and there's no way to get around that you don't get around that by saying oh you're you're manifesting suffering with your poor attitude it's like you know we didn't manifest like capitalism and war without bad attitudes you know it's like we're here on the in the material plane and we all have to deal with the realities of the material plane and they cause a lot of suffering um and yeah i never i never want to gloss that over even as i do i think try to give people some sort of way out you know and that was why i created the spells because mm-hmm. especially when i was working um with the cards that are really challenging and and shitty i i was like feeling for like this like you know faceless stranger on the other end of this book who's getting this card and i wanted to help them get through it so that's why i sort of came up with some spells to try to move the energies around
0: and how did you develop the spells just by sort of practice or um Yeah. How
1: do you, how do you, some practice for sure. Also just a ton of research, a ton of research into, into the cards themselves and like what, um, what these cards and these energies correspond to, you know, like a, a card might not correspond to a particular crystal, but a card might correspond to a particular, you know, astrological sign that does correspond to a crystal. And so I would work with crystals, you know, um, colors through candles, through candle magic and using different color candles, um, herbs, um, also just knowing like what like kind of the, the keywords for the cards are, you know. And if something is, you know, has a keyword of like poverty, it's like what, you know, where is there an abundance spell to counter that, you mm-hmm. know. So I did just did a ton of research. And it was so fun. I never knew I would like writing spells so much, but I <laughs> really enjoyed it. They're like writing, I don't know, like performance text or something.
0: <laughs> and I think it's important that the political element be in there, too. I mean, there's the sort of self-empowerment um, tarot, but then there's and, and witchcraft, the sort of I want more money or want to I want somebody to be attracted to me. And then there's let's bind Donald Trump
1: or. Yeah, right. Yeah. So important. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Um it's. I mean, I, I. feel like my life is ruled by politics. All of our lives are. I mean, when people say that they're not political, I just think like, how do you think the laws that you know determine your movements come about? They come about through politics. It's like ridiculous. It's like when people say they're not into fashion. I'm like, okay, but there you are wearing clothes. You know what <laughs> I mean? It's like you made some choices. And so, yeah, I think that um, those political aspects to the tarot cards, you know, I mean, you can't, you can't look at the justice card. I couldn't look at the justice card without looking at the justice system in Mm -hmm. the country that I live in. You know, I couldn't look at um, like a poverty card without thinking about like my own experience with poverty. And a lot of that is very political. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's all, it's all in there and it, it should just be a part of the tarot. You know, any kind of modern tarot, I think, has to have a political dimension.
0: Yes, or the emperor, you know, and, and under whom we all live at the moment.
1: Right, right. Gosh. Although I think I tried to make the emperor just be more about like positive, masculine energies, traditionally ma- called masculine, you know, yang energy, mm-hmm. sort of like extrovert fire energy. Um, but yeah, so I guess maybe I was a little Pollyanna-ish in there because you, <laughs> you certainly could have, you certainly could have just made it about you know like the patriarchy for sure.
0: Yeah. Um, Well, I'm a water sign, so I find all all that kind of um, emperor stuff, uh, it's a form of suffering for me, so. uh, Yeah,
1: for sure. Yeah. For sure.
0: Um, And do you still read for people?
1: I mean, as as work? I don't right now. Um, I, when did I stop? I mean, I, I still, I just haven't really had the time to do it and figuring out, especially the house I live in right now, like where I don't really have private space. Um, I also, you know, live with a Virgo who doesn't, (laughs) who thinks it's absolutely insane that I would allow a stranger into my house. (laughs) You know, when, um, before we lived together, I did do, um, I had my own apartment and I did do readings out of my apartment and she would just be so horrified and just Baffled at like she's like, well, who's who's this person coming over? And I'm like, I don't know. Their name is Joe. They contacted me on Facebook. <laughs> she's like, you're gonna get murdered. Which of course, I didn't. I did not get murdered. So it's just not. It doesn't work for. I'm an Aquarius, and I could just like live in a commune, basically, or turn my home into a commune. Mm-hmm. Where, but I live with somebody who's like a duple Virgo, where you basically need to like, you yeah. know, sign a mem- sign up for a membership to come into our home, basically. <laughs> So it just doesn't really work. But, um, but, you know, I love knowing that I have this skill. I feel like I'm a person with very few um, practical skills <laughs> <laughs> and I can read tarot cards. And I really feel like that is a practical skill. And um, I like knowing that I have it and I do read for my friends, maybe for myself and stuff like that. And I loved just, I was just doing a bunch of um, readings live on Facebook um, each week to promote modern tarot. And um, it was so much fun. I really loved doing it. Um I'm not doing I I I've stopped because it's really hard for me to schedule it into my into my life. But I might I might go back and do it every now and then because I really enjoyed it.
0: Okay. Thank you so much. That's um that's that's the thing. Um yeah, it was really nice to um be able to talk to you after reading you yeah. for so long.
1: Oh, that's so cool. Well, thank you so much for interviewing me and for giving some attention to the book i really appreciate it
0: sure i really enjoyed it
1: forever dog this has been a forever dog production executive produced by joe cilio alex ramsey and brett Boehm. for more podcasts please visit foreverdogproductions.com